Okay, with Dylan Coburn, uh, Fear Incarnate is the short film, a winner at the Sci-Fi Fantasy Film Festival. Uh, without sounding, because your film, it does have fear in, in your title, but this film is really about fear, I guess, right? Yeah, it's it's about... It, what I really like about, about fear is that we need it, you know? Um, we need it, but we also can't be at its mercy. Uh, and I feel like we have to face it. It's it's part of living. It is our, our sort of responsibility, you know, rather than just being this apathetic people on this planet. We need to face it. And and we all have our own specific fear. So, so I thought, well, it would be nice to create something that was somebody's fear and for us to feel that in an experiential way in a yeah. short film. I, I have this, like, idealistic kind of mantra of my life where, where we get, I, I believe that if we fight our fears and we conquer them, life rewards us. And it's, yeah, like, I, uh, I love that idea. I, yeah, I think we need the, those those ideas in our life because otherwise, you know, we risk not really doing anything and not having any goals. And I think that's really dangerous because, you know, people say that, you know, a, a dream without a goal is just, is just a dream, you know? Yeah. Uh, and you, and, and it's always scary, you know, facing whatever it is that you've got to do. It should be hard. Life should be hard. Yeah. Kind of like making yeah, so, a film, right? Yeah, yeah, totally. And I felt like when I made this movie that I, you know, I knew what I was in for. I'd, I'd completed things before from start to finish, so I knew it was not going to be easy. I was scared of it. Well, to give people backstory, you work as uh, a producer, storyboard artist in New Zealand, correct? You work on some pretty big, pretty big shows, correct? Yeah, that's right. I I, I work primarily as a storyboard artist. Uh, I love storyboarding. I feel like storyboards, direction, directing, and um, oh, storyboards, directing, and writing are really this kind of holy trinity for me of 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 making of filmmaking. Yeah, it's like, what are you going to shoot? What are you going to put on the screen? You know, <laughs> that's that's what I think about every single day. How do I tell the story, and uh, and how do I do it on the screen? Uh, so that's what I do. Yeah, I do pretty big shows I, and I work for a lot of international at the moment I'm working for a film that's based in Italy and one that's based here in New Zealand so I'm on a couple of different time zones I've got to work with so that's yeah cool. and you like I guess you you did like um I guess you have like on IMDB you have like uh it says like creative producer credits on you know on Avengers Assemble like some animation series like the Hulk Hulk and his agents it's just funny because yeah. my kids would watch that show so I had no idea that your storyboarding or being the creative producer on a on a on a show that my kids watch, so it's it's interesting. Yeah, yeah, that's a funny one because oddly, you know, if you go back to there, that was like my career before twenty fifteen. I started in ninety five, and so it was twenty years of being an animation person. Uh, so by the time we got to Hulk and the Agents of Smash and uh, Avengers Assemble, I I was really more of a producer, like a, a, a wrangler of people rather than a, an artist. Uh, and that's part of the reason why I left my own company and and, and went off and uh, into live action. Uh, so, so with live yeah. action is what you do now, I guess, even as a storyboard artist, right? Like it, it, that's that's sure. Yeah. Sure. Okay. Yeah, I, I, there's a real the difference is a manifest when you look at uh, live action and, and animation. It's really quite a different world as a storyboard artist. Um, and I, I love live action. I, I feel the freedom of the camera. I feel the real people behind the lens and some of the people I work with are just unbelievably good and it just mm. makes me grow. You know? 
but this your film is so stunning to look at so it's like it's almost it's like it almost feels like a visual effect when you're watching it was it was it always intended to be black and white yeah absolutely it's, it's something i haven't said before too about the film is that it was always it was always my i wanted to see on film the old creepy comics or eerie or some of the comics that were done in this beautiful ink style of bernie wrights and uh and and many other particularly Bernie Wrightson used to do on those comics they're just so they're just so graphic and so beautiful and when those types of comics and like a creep show movie would, would turn into movies and stuff I never really felt that that inky vibe that I wanted so yeah. I also knew that black and white was very forgiving if I if I needed to cheap out on the visual effects then I could grade uh grade things down to black <clears> and get rid of happy bits but we we didn't have to do any of that stuff, you know. I had such good people that I was just like, wow, I've got everything in frame. So yeah, but that's where it comes from. That black and white look comes from my film version of of the creepy comic. So do you have amazing shots of the of I'm assuming the ocean and and was a shot in New Zealand? Yeah, uh, that was just it was always going to be shot at that location. It's a place called Breaker Bay in Wellington, New Zealand. It's actually really close to where they uh, where they shot uh, Lord of the Rings. Uh, and on the stage um and also it's i actually noticed breaker bay in mortal engines the other day as well so they they do use it every now and then um but I, i've always loved it if it was in any other country i think it would have like a railing around it and things like that but new zealand, new zealand can be quite primal in the way that you know you're standing there and you're just looking out at this landscape it's outrageous you can pan you know just pan 90 degrees and you, you're in residential land you know but it, because yeah. it's, it's shot in black and white it has this kind of like <clears throat> we don't know where we are kind of vibe to it i guess that, that was your intention i guess too right well yeah sort of i actually wasn't that worried about if people didn't know where we are like if we if if we saw some civilization there like the, you can see some rows of houses and there's a ship in the distance and things every now and then yeah i wasn't too worried i wanted it to feel like it was happening now um that's why the Liam the character is in contemporary uh, gear and and stuff but I always just I was always in awe of the frothiness and and, and the, the animosity of the sea in that part of the world yeah so where did you find your lead actor like he's he's relatively young I guess I'm assuming right yeah when we shot it he was I believe 13 oh wow um, now yeah now he's I think he's I think he's no, I think he's no, he wasn't 13, he was 14 because now he's 16. So, ADR actually, it was one thing about uh, Bo, the ADR I should have been faster with because um, he grew up really fast and his voice changed. But, um, before though, how did I, how did I, I'll answer to answer your question. Yeah. Um, I was working on a show, a film that required a 14 year old boy, and, and the casting agents just went through a whole lot of kids so I rang up the casting agent and I said I'm looking for someone who's kind of you know got this certain vibe mm. um I wanted someone who sort of felt a little bit sort of Celtic you know so I you know I wanted to hark back to that sort of I don't know to the opposite side of the world from where I was and you know in Ireland or something like that mm. uh for this film and uh they had they had some you know if you put put some few options in front of me and you know next minute I had him Booked. He's fantastic. It took it's, it took another year and a half to make it uh, to shoot it. After that, though, because there's a lot of prep. 
<laughs> there's so much emotion in his face and there's like he's got an art too right like for a 13 year old 14 year old kid that's it's quite the role and he's got to handle this how heavy was the sword it seemed like the way he was like holding it was like 50 pounds it was really really heavy. yeah it was really heavy it's um yeah he's he's amazing he uh, I was most nervous about his performance on the day because he was so young. I couldn't really do too much rehearsals and things yeah. because you can't, you know, you do, want to re rehearse things that doesn't have many lines and stuff anyway. Yeah. So no table read or anything. So um, we, so, so with Bo, it was, I was really, really nervous before we shot, but as soon as we started rolling, I knew that he'd got it, you know, he had it, whatever it was. So um, you, you said it was like, you didn't care about where, the people's are because I was, I was curious when you're when watching the film this might, might sound strange but he's wearing like converse sneakers right so like yeah, that's right so but i'm assuming this is like it could be like set you know like in a different world i guess different fantasy world or in the future but he's wearing converse sneakers was that intentional to show that like like kind of like a modern no. kind of outfit it, all i did was i said to Bo and his dad <laughs> Go out and buy some clothes that you feel comfortable in that you would fight a beast in. So <laughs> we didn't have anyone in wardrobe, you know. So it's certainly not my specialty. So, so they went out and he bought a whole lot of stuff. Uh and we ended up with some options and it ended up just being that the way it was, you know. It, it's crazy. It's crazy that it's we threw it together like that, but we did. Well, well we gotta ask about the this well, I, I call it the smoke monster. It's like you should have you should have created this 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 thing and, and lost like 15 years ago because they definitely <laughs> dropped the ball on that one. My subjective opinion, of course, but your smoke monster, quote unquote, is is unbelievable. So tell me about the uh, obviously it's not in post production, but tell me about the creation of that of that creature. Yeah. Okay. So I it was originally going to be kind of like a dragon. I, I sort of wanted it to be believable. Like he'd actually encountered this thing and then i thought you know that's kind of everyone's done that before you know let's do something different what's what's weird and scary or something that can is more spiritual that can change its shape um and then i spent a day or two doodling and, and i came up with a head you know the, the beast head and i was like something cool about that head you know yeah and then i, I tried it quite a few different ways like it was going to run like it kind of hadn't you know an, a giga sort of alien body for a while so it was going to kind of run with a tail and be sort of scary like that but then and i thought well, i wasn't sure how i was going to do that uh because you know we connecting things to the ground is really full-on and mm -hmm. visual effects sometimes. so uh i i thought well okay what are we going to do here let's let's connect it with with black smoke like real black smoke because i know we can achieve that in visual effects but what i didn't know we could achieve was to be able to actually shape change the entire creature's form and visual effects effectively and i was really nervous about that but uh my visual effects supervisor was he got it on the first pass you know it was, it was unbelievably good so it was, it was, we were really lucky to have such a, a, a smart team but but also I, I kind of every every show needs to be cast just like an actor would be cast everybody needs to be cast and i think we had a brilliant cast of people so so I mean, your visual effects guys are you you work with them in the industry yeah yeah they're all pros they're all so like it's a pretty like they're just doing you a favor like what's the how do you approach them to do this film for you oh so actually yeah i can mention some names too because they're, they're certainly important they're, <clears> um the 
the person who did the visual effects was a guy called Chris Slachter. And he is he worked on Previs with me on Rings of Power uh, for the eight episodes that we that we did. And then after that, you know, we went through a certain experience that we had on that show. Um, and, you know, I just said to him, you know, do you want to ever do something that's kind of just for love, basically? And, you know, we, let's try it because I've got this. And I sort of sent him the storyboard and I, I sent him the existing cut. He came on quite late in the piece. Mm. We had a different onset VFX supervisor on set, right? um, who's who was still around but not attached to finish, um, and 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 he was really he's really into it. He felt like he felt like he could do it. But then what I have to do with anyone who's a pro is to work around their schedule. You know, and yes, it's tough. I mean, I I have a certain amount of um of of money that I can offer people, but my, my budget is hilarious. You know, it's just a joke compared to what people work with before. of course yeah well that's what i mean like they're 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 helping you out i guess right because it's like this this special effect is like on it's like it's on it's out of this world it's like it's it's something you don't see in a in a, in a million dollar 100 million dollar feature film right like it's it's pretty spectacular yeah. because it's almost like you know something's coming right as an audience you know like obviously we're preparing for something but we're not expecting something that magnificent. Like you said, it's like, it's like shape-shifting. It's like, it's like, it's like really incredible. So I don't know if this guy can get better jobs with this or I'm sure, I'm sure he's showcasing on his reel, but it's, it's fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. It, it really is. It's, it's, it, it, well, you know, motivation for people to do things. Um, you know, I'm unclear why I do the things that I do. At least, at least what I can say about, with um, that effect is that it was conceptually it was conceptually in a pretty good place and you might find if you work in larger feature films a lot of the effects aren't really conceptually planned they haven't really thought out so what do you do what do you mean by that you mean that you store did you storyboard everything did you like you had everything yeah absolutely there right yeah okay yeah everything everything's really well <laughs> um it's to give to but but you know then he'll bring things to the party along the way uh, as well and and some things he would even say that he could do i was just like i was too scared to ask him to do because i just thought it was ridiculous but yeah. he, he did it you know? um and and to have something like that was i remember th there's a shot where the where the beast falls off a cliff and then shifts into a bird form and yeah it was, yeah when i saw that i was just <laughs> like dude oh that is unbelievable and you've just made my day you know so, uh, so how many storyboards? I'm sure it was kind of like in unison of like how you wanted it filmed. Like, how many storyboards did you give him, like, to look at? Um, I think the the whole thing. I would say I'm just really guessing off the top of my head right now. But there's probably in the storyboard. There's probably there's probably about I don't know 130 panels, maybe maybe wow. more. Okay. Uh, for that short film, uh, and there's probably more because I did more for the visual effects breakdowns. So because the, I had a number of people kind of give me quotes for it, and they wanted the detailed breakdowns of this of the effects, so I did that. So that's what you mean by like you're giving, you're directing them, like you're giving them your visual, and then they're they're taking your yeah. your visual idea and running with it and kind of making it better, I guess, right? Absolutely, and I, I think that conceptually solving the visual effects is a massive part of them being any good ever. Yeah. Uh, they often don't get conceptually solved either on the page or in the storyboard or in the previews until the poor effects artist has to 
figure something out or the accompa has to solve it or something. Yeah. It's one last thing you're talking about the performer, right? One last question because he he changes in the end, right? Like it's like his journey is complete and like his face is different. Did you shoot yeah. in continuity or like when did you grab that that key moment, that key close up of his kind of whole demeanor changing? It's kind of yeah, a well, the film. The, yeah, I'm I'm really glad that it came out that way. We, we actually shot a lot more on the days we. So, but I did have a have a thing in my head that you'd never see him smile until the last shot. Yeah, you know, you'd never see any sort of positive. So I think that's why people feel like he changes so much because your face does change, right? When you smile, you're you're a different person, and yeah. and he's got everything else throughout the movie until the very end when he when he pulls in that that last part of his personality, which which does shine. Um, Continuity-wise, no, no, we were kind of all over the map, except for when when he finally does walk into the water, we had to actually move locations from our original location because he would have just been destroyed uh, in the sea. And we re we almost lost the sword as well. The sword got pulled under and um, <laughs> we had to find the sword. It was crazy. While the waves were crashing and everyone was being sucked under too. And yeah. uh, so we decided the next day we would go to us around the corner where the beach was much calmer. Um, and when we did that, we shot all the stuff with his brother, which was used to be a lot bigger. It used to be a much bigger part of the story. Uh, oh, gotcha. Yeah. And then at, at one point, uh, well, of course, on the on the day, we also shot the other relatives from the other gravestones coming up. Um, and then I just, when I put it in the cut, I was just like, yeah, I'm just asking way too much of people on this short film. It's really just about him and his brother. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, no, it's interesting because it's like, yeah, you, it, it, the story's there, right? You don't have to add more to it, I guess, right? Yeah, I, I think I was, I was just, I don't know, got no excuses for my my waste of time on that one. <laughs> that said there's a bigger there's a bigger idea if you want it right and do you have like a bigger kind of script something written out like a, a line with this character no not with the character but with the concept so the fear incarnate itself is being written at the moment as a series which which has got a different cast it's like an anthology so a different cast in every episode oh wow uh, so is it gonna is it gonna get made you think or i don't know if i forget it on the page <laughs> and it's good then that's a good start <laughs> developing with somebody else like a, a, a screenwriter or i'm not a screenwriter but a my producers and i are doing it so okay. it would be great to bring another writer for for certain episodes and things like that i think that would be really cool i just need to get the pilot right first um and the elements in the equation uh, as well and i want to make sure that it stays in the genre of of fantastic fiction rather than uh going into too much cerebral anything to do with our social situation now mm. uh, I want it to be much more about our primal uh, our primal issues and pressures and the stuff that our mind can conjure up as yeah. a walls to us us moving forward uh, yeah so that's what's going on with that but uh, it's uh, we'll see how that goes that's kind of a long game that one yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, and uh, well, I was curious. Uh, you uh, in the end of your credits, you had special thanks to uh, Robert Richardson, who's the famous uh, yeah. uh, cinematographer. Are you friends with him personally? Like, why did you give him a shout out? And then that. Oh, Bob's my mentor. He's the guy who trained me. So Are you serious? When wow. I left animation, yeah. When I left animation, I got 
the first jobs in live action, um, Bob just absolutely drilled me. He, uh, we went actually for one of the early jobs, we went to Fiji to shoot, uh, to prep before the shoot in mm-hmm. Fiji. I was in a hotel room and it was 10 to 12 hours. Well, it was more like 12 to 14 hours a day storyboarding. And Bob, when you work with Bob, he is extremely intense. He he tells you what he wants. And and if you don't give him what he wants, then it's not good enough. Yeah. <laughs> then you can go back home, basically. you got to be good. And, but he, he's also incredibly, um, his eye is unmatched. I've, you know, he's, he's amazing. So I was lucky as an adult to get that type of. Uh, 100%. Just give people a backstory. This is, he's a, uh, he's won three Oscars. He's worked with uh, JFK, won an Oscar for JFK. I know that. Uh, I think he won an Oscar for for Hugo, if I'm not mistaken. And then he won an Oscar. We didn't, but he also recently worked with Quentin Tarantino. So he's worked with like Scorsese, Tarantino, Oliver Stone uh, during his heyday. Like he's done some worked on some pretty big. Like so, this is this is your mentor. So having this person yeah. as your mentor. Like this, 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 I want him to read, write a book. If you next time you see him, tell him that you did a podcast with someone and said, tell this guy to write a book because he must have the most amazing stories to tell. Yeah, I, I would love that too. I, 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 you know, I've worked for him a number of times and every time I always do my best work. Uh, he, he knows how to push me into a certain place, which I wouldn't have gone before. And, um, you know, the work's just incredible. So, but it's not easy. It's the hardest work you'll do, but it's also the, the most rewarding. Yeah. Well, there's this film um, when he was working with Stone, uh, was it um, Natural Born Killers? Of course, he doesn't get nominated, but that's like one of the, one of the most amazing pieces of cinematography uh, in the last like 30 years. It's just like the way he shot that film with different stocks. And like, it's just like I love going back to that film and just like watching what how he kind of puts the film together as a cinematographer. Anyways, there's just something to throw out there. Oh, but it is just magic. I mean, every time I, I, I see the movie that he makes out of, you know, what we do, uh, it's always so much better. And he takes it, he, he takes it to an, a level that's just incredible. Uh, and I did say special thanks first to him because he was one of the first people to see the storyboard and, and the script and to comment and give me some feedback that was really, really great. So you saw, you see the final product? Yeah. I think he might have been the first person to see it. <laughs> That's amazing. Yeah. So what did you think about our North American audience comment with the audience feedback we did that we sent you? What did you think about the uh, feedback? Oh, it was just really great because, uh, you know, people who care about this type of, uh, I mean, some people are metaphorically impaired. They can't watch anything that's not in front of their face. They can't, well, they can't watch anything that's not of our social times and all they want is social justice movies. That's not what that's not where I'm coming from. And it was so nice to have a uh, uh, an audience that that really appreciated the larger metaphor of the film, uh, and got things out of it, and and sort of spotted things that you know I didn't even think about. You know, <laughs> I was talking about post apocalyptic stuff and things like that. Yeah. I, well, I wasn't thinking about that at all. But it's cool that that was the vibe that they that they got. Some of them, yeah. Uh, everyone understood. The notion of fear and what it means, and and also the love story, which are, which is so important to me, is it's really just about him and his brother, you know. Yeah. Uh, and because if people just kind of got that as kind of an, a way to end, then yeah. it wouldn't have been so much, so cool. But um, you know, it, if that's what it's about, and it ends 
things like that makes people feel that way, then that makes me feel so so happy. It's no, it's it's, it's a, what you're touching on is a great it's a great point because it's obviously we have there's amazing special effects in your film, but what do people remember, right? Like ten years from now when they watch, they remember the emotion, they remember the connections, right? Like yes, like I know you work in special effects, I know you work, but I'm saying that you need context to the to the effect, I guess, right? If there's no context to the effect, then it's just a fun effect, right? It's like it's all yeah, about, it has to but be all, it's all the storytelling, right? Yeah, that's right. Uh, you know, the visual effects aren't used as a means to give people something from the story. Uh, there's just no point in them being there. I mean, we're gone of the days where people go, oh, I haven't seen that before. Who cares, really? Yeah. They only care if they're feeling it along the way. Exactly. They felt, you know? So if it makes them feel something, then then that, then that it's great. And there's, there's so many infinite opportunities these days to, to conjure up a feeling in your audience through visual effects, but you still have to do the heavy lifting of why should yeah. they care? Yeah. And that's the hard work, right? Like this, not that, not that special effects is easy. It's just that yeah. it's, it's the setup to the, to, to, to the effect that gives it, give it that emotional punch. Right. Oh, absolutely. You know, those those big picture reasons for doing things are the things that we're lacking at the moment. When I watch things, you know, yeah, I I, I want to care about this character. You know, I want to care, and even if you know, in my film, there's not a lot of time to set up anything, but if you quickly realize the connection he has with his brother, and his brother has is lost to him, you know, has has been tragically taken. I don't like to say died because he hasn't really. Yeah, he's been taken, and uh, if you can feel that, then that's really all I can hope for. Uh, and then people will with be and if people are with him through the experience of facing this thing, uh, and the, and the prizes to get your brother back. Wow, that's cool. But at the same time, he's also like young, right? He's 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 so there's more. So we we followed like we fear is even more prominent for this kid, right? If he's an adult, it's not as impactful, I guess, right? The story yeah, absolutely. I think yeah. It helps the identification. Of course, you know, it helps us hear about him um, yeah yeah i don't know why when i wrote i was always writing i always write always write young people um not that i, I mean i love i some of my favorite films are old people movies yeah know, like gran torino is the, you know there's an amazing film and, and i love but then again gran torino is really about teenagers who are who are coming to age right yeah well, i just threw it yeah, out there but i just like that gran torino is really about the teenage kid yeah. right I mean, it's, it, he's got that reflection character, which yeah, which massive is a huge part of the, the story. But then I can watch Rambo Four quite happily as well, you know? and because because Stallone nailed that movie and beautiful, it was awesomely directed. Uh, he doesn't get enough credit as a director, if you ask me. I think he's an amazing director. But um, <laughs> yeah, it's, for some reason with Fear Incarnate, I always wrote the character as young. You know, it's like Frodo Baggins. You know, just yeah. a little dude that we can that we can relate to. Yeah, Dude, speaking of Stallone, oh. Rocky Balboa, oh, he directed that. Oh, film. Rocky Balboa, oh, love that. Fantastic uh, uh, direction in that film as well. So yeah, I understand exactly. What you're but it's yeah. an audio yeah. podcast, so people can't see it. But you're wearing a Yoda uh, uh, t-shirt. <laughs> oh yeah, that's right. If you were to do yeah. that, there's no try, I guess. Right, part of fear. Well, yeah, <laughs> yep. I think Yoda would have you face as many fears as you could, so you could be a master. 
Yeah, exactly. Well, congratulations. Thanks for your candor uh, with your uh, with uh, what you do for a living. And this is like people, this is a guaranteed should get into every film festival you submit to film six minutes. Such an easy film to watch is it was very impactful. It's so well directed. Uh, I hope you're you're, you're going to direct more films. I'm sure you got you want to do like you said you want to do a series or a television uh, or a feature film. Like I'm sure that this is this yeah. is your next stage in your career. I'm assuming directing. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, the the, the more the more I can be involved in in, in the story side of things and, and getting yeah. it on the screen, the better. So thank you. Yeah, it's brilliant. And tell tell your your friend Bob uh, to write a book because even the Oliver Stone years, I want to hear about it. So. <laughs> okay, I will. I will do. I'll mention that. Yeah, it's a Very new cool. guaranteed bestseller. Guaranteed bestseller. <laughs> oh yeah, I think so. <laughs> All right, man. Thank you so much for your time. I appreciate it. Great. Thanks so much, eh? One, two, three, four, five, six.